This is supposed to be a time of celebration of the birth of Christ. But the season somehow turns into a season of getting the best deal, of, of fighting for doorbusters, of uh, stress with what to buy someone. Something doesn't seem right about this. For most of our culture, we have lost the focus of what Christmas is all about. And even for many in the church, for Christians who claim to follow Christ. And many have followed the culture and Christ and Christmas are no longer connected, but instead it is all about what we give and what we get. If we as the church expect to have an influence on our culture, we have got to stop this slide, at least in the church. And how can we do that? <clears throat> how can we keep Christ in Christmas? That's the question we're going to address this Advent season. Over the next three weeks, we're going to talk through some practical steps to help us stay focused on Christ so that uh, we don't let the stress and the craziness of what the world has made this into creep into our lives. And so we can truly celebrate and worship the Christ of Christmas. So in these next few weeks, we're going to be talking about how we can truly worship Christ, how we can celebrate his birth by giving more as we, even as we spend less, and truly love like Christ has loved us. So today, though, we, I want us to take a step toward putting Christ back in Christmas, or, or take a stand to help keep Christ in Christmas. And if we are going to keep Christ in Christmas, then we have, we have to truly worship Christ. But what does worship look like? What does worship look like? When most people hear the word worship, they immediately think of singing. But worship doesn't always equal music. Well, that's one way we express our worship. Worship is so much more and is something that comes from within our spirit. And true worship is something that is lived out moment by moment in our actions. So this morning, we're going to look at several people involved at the first Christmas and see what their worship entailed so that we might learn how to worship Christ fully this Christmas to help us keep Christ in Christmas. We're first going to look at, a, at Joseph and see how he responded to the worshiped Christ so, so we might uh, learn better how to worship Christ as well. So turn with me, if you haven't yet, to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. It won't be on the screen. There's too many verses. You need to look it up in your Bible. A little sword drill today. We're going to be spending some time in the Gospels today. <clears throat> so, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So here we see that Joseph worshipped through obedience. Joseph worshipped through obedience. He did what the Lord commanded him to do through the angel in verse 24. To worship Christ fully, we need to be obedient to His commands. And sometimes those commands will be hard to follow, but God works powerfully through our obedience. Many of us have probably heard the Christmas story so many times that it, it fails to have an impact on us. Big deal. He took Mary home as his wife. But realize that this is no longer just some marriage in a little town in Israel. The woman who is to be his wife is pregnant. She is at least three months along, and Joseph finds out shortly before their actual wedding day. Now, guys, imagine on the eve of your wedding, you find out your fiancé is several months pregnant, and you know it's not by you. In fact, she has been visiting relatives for the three months before, and she hasn't been around you. People are going to be able to do the math and know that the child is not yours. Your whole world is rocked. Your friends and family are telling you to dump this girl and you are in agreement with them. Then you have a dream. And in your dream, an angel says it's okay to marry her. Imagine explaining that to your friends and family. I know, I know, I said I was going to dump her, but I had a dream. And God says to go ahead and marry her. And you can imagine Satan was working overtime on Joseph on this one. Joe, really? Really, Joe? You, you, you're going to marry this girl who's pregnant? Not by you. You had a, you had a dream okay, of an angel saying it is okay? Really? Really, Joseph? But Joseph believes and he obeys immediately. That's worship. Lord, I trust that you are in this. I have been, I've been seeking you, and I, I believe you are behind what is happening, and if I don't understand, I'm going to obey and do what you told me to do. That's the prayer that comes from an obedient heart. Maybe that's a familiar prayer that you've had a number of times where you didn't know what was going on, but okay, God, you've got this. <laughs> I'm going to move forward. Maybe some of you were a little hesitant because you thought, that's really too unknown for me, God. That, that's too risky for me. Now, because of Joseph's obedience, the Heavenly Father used Joseph to be the earthly father of his only son. Wow. Wow. So are you worshiping Christ through your obedience? Are you doing the things He has commanded you? Or are you only doing what you can completely understand. There are things that the Lord calls us to do sometimes that don't always make sense in the moment to us. Maybe it's a call to obey in baptism. Maybe it's a call to serve the Lord in some way, but your schedule seems too busy. <laughs> or maybe your schedule is finally just the way you like it. Maybe it's a call to the mission field. Maybe it's a call to full-time ministry. 
Maybe it's toward leaving your job. Maybe it's toward leaving your retirement. <laughs> However God is working in your life and prompting you, we need to respond in obedience. As you think about it, you don't see how this can work out, though, but you have this sense that this is what the Lord is calling you to do. There's that conflict going on in your life. Maybe as you talk about it to others, they say you don't want to do that, or, or it is too hard, or not worth it, or maybe it's just too risky. Play it safe. If you're following the Lord's leading, then there really is no risk at all. <laughs> in fact, not obeying His call is probably the more risky move. Do you want this Christmas to be meaningful? Do you want your life to be meaningful? When you have prayed and sensed the Lord's leading, in whatever situation that you're praying about, obey Him even in the things you don't fully understand, and your life will have eternal effects. So obeying what the Lord calls us to do is worship, but worship also takes other forms as well. Turn with, turn with me to the, uh, another gospel, Luke. Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, starting with verse 26. Here we read another familiar account of the first advent of Christ, and we see how Mary worshipped the Lord. Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. So here in this story, we find that Mary worshipped through submission. Mary worshipped through submission. She submitted herself to the Lord's will. Now, some may ask, what is the difference between obedience and submission? Aren't, aren't they the same thing? No, they're not. They are, they are related, but they are different. In obedience, it's an outward action. In submission, it's an inward attitude. In obedience, it is doing what you are told, it's doing what you're told to do. Joseph obeyed. It says he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him to do. He took Mary to be his wife. He acted on a command. Submission is voluntarily placing someone else's will above your own. So those are the differences between 
obedience and submission. Let me illustrate that a little further for you so you might be able to understand it more. Let's say a boy gets in trouble from his mother for doing something wrong. She tells her son to sit in the corner. After a couple of minutes of sitting there, the mother walks by and sees the son sitting there. He is upset that he has to sit there and tells his mother, I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. So the son was obedient, but he was not submissive. Mary worshiped the Lord by submitting her will to the will of the Father. She wasn't sitting on the outside, but standing on the inside. She was submitted to the Lord's will for her. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. She knew and believed that God's will is the best, and even in what could be some very bad circumstances, things that were not as, as she would plan them to be, God's will, will was best, and she would submit to them. The reality is that what the Lord had told her could get her killed, but she trusted the Lord's will above her own. If it didn't get her killed, it would probably ostracize her from Joseph and her family and, and the community as well. She may spend her life not only without a husband, but with no friends either. But she was a worshiper of the Lord, and she worshiped Him by willingly submitting her will to His. So are you worshiping the Lord by submitting to Him? Not just obeying, but by willingly placing the Lord's will above your own, trusting that God will work and having a peace about it. Could you say, I am the Lord's servant, may it be to me as you have said. Are you submitting to what the Lord seems to be leading you to, or are you defiant in your attitude, standing up on the inside? So often we hear about the word submit, we have a negative view of it. We think, doormat. We think submission is for the, for the weak. Submission is not about being a doormat. It's not about being weak. Jesus was submissive to the Father, and He was anything but weak or a doormat. Being submissive takes great strength, and it takes knowing who we are submitting to. It took great strength for Mary to recognize what the angel was telling her, and and yet still to submit to it, to know that you are a virgin, that you have been following the Lord, and now this circumstance, becoming pregnant while you are still a virgin and promised to be married, knowing how this is going to be so hard because others probably won't believe your explanation. Maybe she's thinking, can I even believe what has been said? An angel visited me. I am pregnant by the Holy Spirit. The child I will bear is the Savior of the world. That's going to be tough to explain. And yet she says, may it be to me as you have said. She doesn't say, now, Lord, you don't know how bad this will be. Do you know what this will look like? Don't do this awful thing to me. She submitted and worshiped the Lord fully. Are you submitted to the Lord's plan for your life?
Are you worshiping the Lord through submitting to His will for your life, believing that He is good and knows what is best for you? you got to establish that first. got to settle that first, that He is good and He knows what's best for you. If you haven't settled that, it's going to be so difficult to submit because you don't trust Him. You don't trust Him to do what's best for you. If we are going to worship the Lord fully this Christmas and always, we need to submit our will to His. We need to voluntarily place His will as a priority in our lives. We need to be like Joshua, who said, Choose this day whom you will serve, whom you will worship. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Or from Mary's, Mary's mouth, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Worship the Lord fully by submitting like Mary. And one final set of characters from the first advent that I want us to consider today to see how they worshiped is the Magi. Magi. Turn with me back to Matthew chapter 2, the first 11 verses, and let's see how they worshiped the Lord. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. <laughs> Herod freaks out at that moment, but tells them to go to Bethlehem and tells them to let him know when they find him so he can worship him too. Although he really, of course, wants to kill Jesus. Then it goes on to say in verse 9, After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. So here we see that the Magi worshipped through sacrifice. The Magi worshipped through sacrifice. The Magi sacrificed a great deal to worship the Lord. They sacrificed in, in a couple specific ways. First, they sacrificed their time. The journey they came on to worship the Lord was long. The text doesn't tell us how long, but it was probably over a number of months. They didn't arrive to worship the Lord until Mary and Joseph were in a house. It wasn't the night of the birth, sorry to dash your nativity scene ideals, but it was clearly after that. Now, I don't know about you, but traveling by camel for months would not be a very comfortable ride. Think about travel today. People might complain about maybe driving down to Southern California which is less than 16 hours to get there in a car or a van with air conditioning and maybe a DVD player as well, too. We think we are sacrificing if we don't fly. <laughs> These guys spent weeks and months on camels just so they could come and worship in the presence of the King of Kings. These guys worshiped by sacrificing their time, time they could have spent being comfortable or relaxing, or, or enjoying their wealth. Are we worshiping the Lord by sacrificing our time? 
Are you willing to sacrifice what you want to be doing to be in the presence of the Lord? To do what the Lord is leading you to do? If we're going to worship fully, then, we have to go, then we've got to worship through the sacrifice of our time. But these magi did not only sacrifice their time, they, they also worshiped by sacrificing their treasure. In Matthew uh, chapter 2, verse 11, they opened their treasures and presented Him with gifts. They sacrificed their time and sought out the Lord and bowed down to this child, and they opened their treasures and presented these things to Him. There were many other things that they could have done with their treasure, but instead they used their treasure and hum to humbly worship the newborn king. There's no better use of our finances than for worshiping the king. How we spend our money is worship to the Lord. And it doesn't mean that you, you have to give it all to, to the church every week. To worship the Lord with our treasure does mean that in all that we use our money on, we are being wise stewards. What are you doing with your finances? It doesn't have to all go to the church, but what are you doing as being wise stewards with your finances, with what you own? God doesn't need our stuff. <laughs> it's all His anyways. But we do bring Him glory as we sacrifice our things to give to the, to the church and to those ministries He lays on our hearts. We've had missionaries here speak of, of opportunities to support them. We've had other people come and speak of opportunities in supporting them through prayer and, and finance, financial giving. One of the reasons we are to work is so we will have something to give to those in need, as Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28 says. But when we sacrifice for the Lord, it's, it is worship because it shows that we trust in the Lord to meet our needs and not in money or in stuff. We glorify and worship the Lord as we sacrificially give back to Him and to those ministries He's laid on our hearts. Excuse me. <clears throat> so, are you worshiping Christ? If we are going to keep Christ in Christmas, we have to worship Christ fully and continue to grow in our relationship with Him. We will never be able to truly escape the trap of how this world celebrates Christmas, the, the stress, the bills, the craziness, and the desire for it to be over until we are fully focused on the Lord and worshiping Him fully. Worship Him fully moment by moment by living obediently, by submitting your will to His, and by sacrificing your time and treasure. He is worthy of our full worship. I'll have the worship team come on up. They're going to lead us. And as we do, let me pray for you all. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would impress on our hearts today the need to worship you fully, the need to realize maybe in some of these areas that maybe we're not worshiping like we should. Lord, that you impress on our hearts and help us, Lord, to realize our need for you to um, help us. <laughs> And I pray, Lord, that as you prompt us, that we would realize and recognize your promptings and respond in obedience and submission. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to open our eyes up and how we can keep Christ in Christmas. And I pray, Lord, that as we move on from this day further, 
Lord, that you would just continue to impress on our hearts the need to grow closer to you and submit to you in all ways. So, Lord, if you're speaking to our hearts in some some way and prompting us some way that we need to respond, I pray that we would respond in obedience, that we'd take time to pray, take time to, to spend time with you right now in prayer. And I pray, Jesus, that you would encourage us during this time as well. But thank you, Lord, that you love us so much and you want the best for us. Meet the needs that are represented right here, right now, Lord. As we pray out to you, we ask you for guidance and help in putting this message of yours into practice. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing this first song and uh, trust that this can also be part of your prayer as well. And if you want to uh, prayerfully sing it uh, in that way, then so be it. But uh, let, let, let this song just continue to minister to you.